This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey, and I am thrilled uh, to be with you here this morning on the beginning of a new month, a new series here at Journey. So excited to be here and uh, thankful for you. Wanted to make sure we took a moment as we got started today just to remind everyone, uh, whether they've been around many times before or you are brand new, we have these Connect Cards Um, A Connect Card is a great way for you to communicate with us, the church. Uh, We would love uh, to have one of these from every family here today, just A, to know that you're here, but also uh, there's important information you can relay to us on the back. Uh, You can write down prayer requests. Um, Those get prayed on throughout the week by our leadership team. Um, You can write down decisions that you've made. Maybe you want to volunteer for something. uh, We're participating in the Great Pumpkin Fest. Uh, at Keener Park just down the road. Next weekend, we need some more volunteers from that. There's information about that in your program. Maybe this morning you go, hey, uh, next weekend opened up for me. Uh, We can volunteer for that second shift, especially we need some help in the second shift. You'll see that in the the program there. You can write that down on uh, your Connect card. And then as those are gathered at the end of our time together, you can drop it in the offering bag or in the baskets in the back. With that shared, let me just take a moment and pray for us, and then we'll get started today. God, we are just, uh, we're thankful for this morning. We're thankful for this time that we can gather together. God, we sang some of these things this morning, that there is no one like you, that we can't fathom the love that you have for us, that you set us free, that you are living hope, God. We are thankful for all those messages, for the truth of that. God, this morning, I'm especially thankful for uh, that front row of kids that have now gone into the back, but who I could hear singing those songs, singing those truths. God, that touched my heart this morning. My prayer is, as we open up your word today, God, your spirit and your, uh, your presence is just here with me, with us all. In your name we pray, amen. Well, uh, we are to a brand new series uh, this month at Journey. Uh, It's called Silence. You know what silence is? Silence is that long pause. That long pause when you're expecting someone to say something, but you hear nothing. Those kind of uh, pauses, they happen in a conversation sometimes. Sometimes you've got a question for somebody, and you think the answer is obvious, and uh, it's easy, and it's right there, and it's not coming out of them. And so there's this pause, this silence, and it becomes worrisome. Sometimes, sometimes we have moments of silence even in our relationship with God. 
Well, we're uh, expecting him to speak, expecting him to say something, and yet we hear nothing. We hear nothing. Does that happen to you? It's happened to me. Moments where I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the next step was, where I called out to God and I needed guidance, direction. I was met with silence. My expectation for some clear sign, for some direction, for some just nudge in the moment, just let me know I'm not alone, was met with silence. Thankfully, that's not my experience every time, but it's happened to me enough. It's happened to me enough to know the pain and the isolation we feel We feel in those moments of God's silence when we are expecting him to speak. That expectation gets met with silence. Maybe you've experienced the same thing. Maybe you've wondered where God was in some particular moment, some particular aspect of your life. Perhaps you found yourself wondering, why doesn't God speak more clearly to me? Why doesn't he give us some more specific direction right here? I need it. I want it. There are plenty of stories. We don't articulate this often, but there's plenty of stories in the Bible where God is silent. When Job is tested, when Abraham is tested, they're met with God's silence. I was thinking about the story of Joseph and and, uh, how he was kind of had this early uh, prophecy on him and he was going to do these great things, but his life was this roller coaster of being kind of falsely accused and then thrown into prison and then he would uh, come to some high level and then he would go down again, he'd be back in jail. Uh, It doesn't say that God spoke to him each day along the way. There's many more stories of God's silence in the Scriptures than we realize. And sometimes these times of silence cause us to doubt. But what if it didn't have to be that way? What if it didn't have to be that way? What if these moments of silence could actually do the opposite? What if these moments of silence could lead us closer to God? What if these moments of silence could stir a spiritual hunger in our hearts? Author Nicole Eunice says it this way, Just as physical hunger makes us less picky about what we're eating, spiritual hunger can make us less picky for what God's saying. Physical hunger makes me humble and grateful for whatever nourishment is available. If I allow it, spiritual hunger can also make me live less on the emotional high of spiritual experiences and instead... Be grateful for every opportunity to hear God's voice. 
even when it says maybe what I don't want to hear or when I don't feel like it. In Matthew 5, 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When God is silent in our lives, maybe he's growing a hunger in us for the real hear me when I say, I don't say any of that to to say that the silence is easy or enjoyable. I say it to, I offer it up to kind of soften our imaginations, soften our imaginations for the mysterious ways that God sometimes works in us. truth of the matter is we're not alone in experiencing God's silence. Authors, writers have been struggling with this. They have been writing about it for years and years. There's famous works on it, and some of the most famous, some of the earliest are the Psalms. And so throughout this month, one of the things that we are going to be doing is we're going to be studying some of these Psalms where God's silence gets called out. We're going to be discovering some of the ways to respond. Our first psalm this morning is Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11 from the New Living Translation this morning. Listen to these words. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food, while my enemies, they continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading great processions to the house of God, singing for joy, giving thanks amid the sounds of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior, my God. Now... Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazar, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love his unfailing love upon me. And through each night as I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life, oh God, my rock. Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? The taunts, they break my bones and they scoff. Where is this God of yours? And then again, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior, my God. 
Psalms are written by uh, many different people over uh, many years. Many are attributed to King David, some to King Solomon, others to unknown psalmists. What we know about Psalms 42 is uh, it's most likely written by this group called the Korahites, and they were a special group of singers and musicians in the temple. And they were swept up by the Israel's enemy, the Babylonians, and they were carried away far from the temple, far from where they met God, far from their people. And this psalm, it drips with their pain, with their abandonment, with their longing. As I read this psalm this week, a couple of things just kind of jumped out at me. Maybe some things jumped out at you as I was reading it today. Here are just three things this morning that I wanted to address. First, in verses one, in verse one and two, the psalmist describes thirst. Let me just read those verses for you once more. As the deer longs. For streams of water, so I long for God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Now the psalmist's audience, uh, they knew what thirst was. Their arid, dry climate. They knew what long periods of drought meant. And sometimes I think we, we need to remind ourselves because sometimes we think we get thirsty, right? But our picture of thirsty is it's a hot summer day, we're working outside, uh, we get a little parched, so we're going to go inside to the air conditioning, open up the refrigerator, uh, or maybe take our glass and, and put those cold ice cubes in there before we go and fill it all the way up. It's not the psalmist picture of thirst, Psalmist picture of thirst is a blazing sun, a dried out well, no water to be found. And so you have to go on this great search, this journey for your life. Second thing that caught my eye as I went through these verses this week wasn't just the thirst, the longing that is there for, for God. It's a great picture, but also the taunt. The taunt that we find in verse 3 and 10. Let me read those for you again. Verse 3 first, day and night I have only tears for food, right? That's pain. While my enemies, they continually, continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? And then verse 10 their taunts, they break my bones, they scoff, where is this God of yours? Not only does the psalmist deeply long to hear from God, not only does he long to hear from God, but the only voice he hears is the voice of his enemy. The voice of his enemy taunting him, probing Stirring questions in his mind. Is God really there? Does he really care for you? 
our enemy loves to do the same, to stir those questions in our heart and in our mind. In times of darkness and loneliness, And finally, verse 9, the kind of third piece that jumped off at me as I was reading these verses this week. Verse 9 talks about being forgotten. Let me read that for you again. Oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander in grief, oppressed by my enemies? all the different pains, pains caused by silence. Perhaps none is more powerful than feeling abandoned, feeling forgotten. The psalmist begins uh, this section, this verse, by calling God his, his rock. In, in other words, the place on, the strong place in which he can build his hope. So he knows that God has not really forgotten him, but that doesn't stop him from in the moment expressing what he feels. Isolated, alone, forgotten. And here is a place, I think we just stop and we marvel We marvel that in Scripture, such honesty can be brought to us. Such authentic expressions of pain get recorded. I think we just marvel for a moment that in the Holy Bible, in our prayer lives, that God is big enough, He's big enough not to be threatened or appalled by our honesty, how we feel in the moments. Psalms 42 does such a great job expressing some of the silence that we feel. The silence that we feel when we we say, God, where, where are you? God, what do I do in this moment? And we hear nothing sometimes. Next question we have to struggle with, which Psalms 42 helps us with as well, is what do we do in those moments? What do we do in those times we feel alone, when we experience silence? In the same psalm that expresses so much of the pain of silence, we also get a glimpse of how to respond a glimpse of how to respond. Verses 5, 8, and 11. The psalmist declares, despite all of this that's going on, despite my loneliness, despite how abandoned I might feel here in this moment, despite the silence I'm experiencing, I'm going to place my hope in God. That's what he says three times in this section, even more in the next And the way he does this, if we look at these verses, is he does it by remembering. He does it by remembering all that God has done. 
He forces himself to uh, think outside the situation, outside the current way he is feeling, and remember the ways that God has been with him and his people. Remembering is a powerful tool. Hear me. Remembering is a powerful tool when we experience God's silence. Here are some ways we can work on remembering. The first is this. Read and memorize Scripture. God speaks through the Bible. He he speaks through the Bible, and perhaps you need to pick a verse for the year, a verse for maybe a season of your life that you put someplace that you see again and again, that you may be even better. You, You write it on your heart. You memorize it so that it's continually reminding you of how truly active and involved God is in our lives. Here are some of my verses. Joshua 1.9, I have, not, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Galatians 6.9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things, they have passed away. They have gone. Behold, new things have come. Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Lastly, Matthew 28, 20, some of the last words Jesus says to his disciples, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Verses like these, maybe you have other ones, but they remind us, they remind us that our current feelings, our current feelings are not the sole indicator of God's affection and action lives. Second way we can work on remembering is we can uh, remember how God has been with us, with us individually, with our family, with our friends. Just like we can point to times where God has been silent, we can point to times where God has moved in incredible ways worked in incredible ways in our lives, in the lives of those around us, and we need to rejoice in those moments. Rejoice in those moments. We need to remember them. We need to write them down. We need to celebrate them. We need to be quick to share them with other people. We need to hold them close to our hearts, especially when God feels different, distant, especially when we feel like we're in this period of silence, we need to remember. Number three is to worship. Sometimes it can be hard to have the words. It can be hard to have the words. What do I say in this moment? What do I say, God, when you feel distant, when, when, if, when I feel silence? 
when I want answers. It's in times like those, I'm so thankful for worship songs. That already the words are there. They remind us of God's faithfulness, His goodness. Songs like we sang this morning that declare that we've been set free, that there's no God like our God. We can't fathom His love for us. Sometimes we need to just sit and be, uh, uh, let the, those um, songs soak in to our hearts and our souls. Sometimes we just need to sing them with faith. Saying, God, I don't, I don't know what to say in this moment. I, I don't know how I feel, but I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to sing this praise to you because this feels right. Fourth, final way we can work on our remembering is we can express gratitude. We can express gratitude. In the dark times of life, we focus on our selves. We specifically, we focus on all the things that aren't going as planned, all the things that aren't working out the way that we want them to. And sometimes we need to break our minds out of kind of that inner circle that, that keeps going down and down and down. The way we do that so many times is with gratitude. Now you could do this in a variety of ways. This is just one example, but maybe you need to go through a walk in your house and look at the pictures on the wall, reminders of friends and family of good times. Maybe you need to walk through your house and just turn the light switches on and off and just be amazed that that works or the roof over your head that keeps you safe and dry and a million other things we could be grateful for. Gratitude reminds us in so many simple ways of how God is with us in all times. The bottom line for this week is this. We can make it through times of God's silence. We can make it through times of God's silence, through those seasons, if we, can be remind, if we can remind ourselves of who God is and who he will continue to be. Will you pray with me today? God, your silence is so hard for us. In our society of instant gratification, of wanting the answers and wanting them now, it's so hard for us to wait. But God, we know that your silence is a tool that you use. A tool that you use to increase our hunger for you. It's a tool that you use not to express distance or a disappointment. It's a tool you use to bring us ultimately closer. Because sometimes we experience your silence because what we are praying for isn't really your direction, God, but we have some plans that we want you to approve put into place. 
God, my prayer, my prayer for every person here who feels like they're in one of those moments, or maybe they're headed towards one of those moments and they don't even know it yet, God, but it's that moment where we feel like we need direction, we need to know what to do. We have all these expectations, God, that you're going to answer the question, that you're going to lay out the steps the way that we want them to, God, but it's met silence. I pray that if someone in this room is in that moment, if they're headed that way, God, they know one of the ways they can respond. It isn't with hopelessness, it isn't with despair, it's with remembering remembering your word and what you say about God's nature in the scriptures. God, it's remembering the ways that you have been with us in our lives, the ways you've been with family members and friends. By remembering to be thankful for the vast things, God, for the ways you showed up in incredible ways, for the simple things like a light turning on. Help us, God. Help us to remember. Help us to find one of those kind of pieces that, uh, that we can work on this week to remember better. In your name we pray. Amen.